0: What uh night don't you think booby? I mean
1: that was uh that was one to remember for sure um hope it's like that every year,
0: you know, Zabel's not here with us tonight, um so it's just me and uh booby here. we're gonna have a guest, Joel will come on a little bit later, and uh you'll hear from him but um what a week it was just what a weekend in general, um but draft night got crazy. After the draft, the league definitely had an outing.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, the draft itself was very fun. Um, it's just been so much better since we moved it to an offline draft and all get together with a big board. Just just a way better experience.
0: I mean, just to recap all you people that weren't there um, the night after the draft, you know, you had Exabo and Berg sitting at the bar with tallies on their arm that added up to 15 plus shots each, each, um, of Irish car bombs. So you can just imagine how their night, their night went. We've got, I I don't,
1: I don't know why they did that. Um, I had a few with them. Um, they were disgusting. (laughs) It felt like I was drinking, uh, chunky coffee at room temperature with alcohol. <laughs> yeah, I don't it was it was absolutely disgusting. Props to them. Uh Adam with the Irish Goodbye. Um yeah, I it was just it was it was crazy what they were doing. I don't know why they did it, but it was cool
0: to see. Yeah, and I joined them a little bit too and I had some marks on my arm. I think I got up to 11, but I just had to leave. I couldn't I couldn't hang with them, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> then we've got Verts um closing down the bar. Uh, He was the last one there. I mean, you don't expect much less, do you? No. Um, He's always going
1: to put up numbers when we do things like that, and you'll love to see it.
0: I mean, he may have been the first one to close down the bar, but, I mean, I got to believe you were the last one now. Where did you venture off to?
1: Yeah, not the smartest decisions uh, I made that night. I uh, ended up, uh, for some reason, going to Potawatomi in Milwaukee. (laughs) Um, Lost some money. And yeah, it was, it, it felt rigged what was happening to me on the tables, but you know, I shouldn't have been there in the first place and I'll, I'll own up to that.
0: And then we've got a good buddy, Joel, who just, you know, had some unfortunate events happen to him that we're not going to name, you know, but just some unfortunate events that were talked after the draft that were definitely hooting a holler.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much I can really say other than wasn't great, but, um, Hey, things happen, and we uh, we move on.
0: You know, but, like, one thing, you know, we've got here, because I witnessed these two gentlemen up when I got up at one forty-five and Ubered home to wherever I needed to be. But I got inside intel from Joel DePons himself when he woke up in the morning that Boggs or Reed and Liam stayed up till 5.30 in the morning after the draft. So... The next morning, they were still up. I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't even, I don't even know how. That's, that's incredible. I was, I know, I was up pretty late. Um, I don't think I looked at a clock. My phone was dead, so I couldn't tell you what time I went to bed. But yeah, it was, it was getting close to the morning, and I had to golf at at 11.50, 11, 11. I believe. Was and late. You were late. Yep, mm-hmm, I was late um sucked but uh had a good had a good round with the with the commish and overall a very eventful labor weekend labor day weekend i should say don't know if my head is even still here from it but yeah eventful and
0: a great labor day weekend well i was down bad the next morning i'm pretty sure we all were but, I mean, you had an eventful weekend. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody what you did? Why don't you go ahead and tell everyone because we're we're it's not out there yet, but I'm going to keep saying it. There's a divide, and you can explain why. Uh, There's a divide. Yeah, I mean, there is a divide, and it's between the winners
1: and the losers. I mean, everyone's going to get mad as much as I say that, but the fact of the matter is uh, – couple of gentlemen in this league approximately six of us including me got together for a dinner at five o'clock steakhouse on the evening before the draft and I have to say it was a it was a great experience the food was top-notch and um, I look forward to that event in future years
0: I've also got another league member with me who's gonna hop in and give his take on the I can't even say it I can't even say. I'm just going to call it a dinner. Um, but Joel La Pond is here with us, going to give us some more insight on this champions dinner.
2: What's going on, my guys? Hope What's going on, guys? champ? How we doing? How we doing?
1: Oh, uh, just dandy.
2: Good. Uh, yeah. We uh, went to 5 o'clock Steakhouse, you know, as champions do. <laughs> it was Joel. Joel, it was your first time, correct? That was my first time. And I believe there's a couple other first-timers there. I believe Lang said it was his first time, possibly.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been there probably close to five times now with the fam. And uh, I have to say that it's just – it doesn't get a lot better than that around here.
2: No, it was good. Unfortunately, I couldn't wait until dinner, and I had to eat before at my grandpa's birthday party. So, uh, you know – I can enjoy it to the fullest, but it was still very good
0: now look there there's a divide, and you're gonna hear I actually recorded some people's thoughts and feelings during that dinner because I knew about it, and I kept my mouth shut, and eventually it came to be time where probably an hour before you guys posted on your story, I just had to tell you or tell them where you guys were, and let me tell you people weren't happy, neither was I and then once I saw the stories like. You guys are just a bunch of fucks, okay? You're a bunch of fucks. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous that that had to be hidden, and the fact that I had to find out the way way I did, whatever. But I was like, "You guys are fucks." And let's listen to these recordings quick, and then Boobie will let you respond. But these are recordings from some of the guys.
3: Yeah, I think I might. We're
0: here with to tab players tab. not at a certain dinner that have some comments they yeah, want to talk about. You.
1: I mean, I think Booby's a fraud. He's a pussy. Um, your performance today during the Walk of Shame was fucking garbage. You covered up the nipples, the pussy, and the beehole. I mean, that was horseshit. shit. I almost want you to redo it and walk double the distance next time.
0: Are we talking about Boobie? talking about them being at dinner. Oh, kind of like when Verts chirped at Dylan. I pay no mind to Dylan talking about his ring. Just like Lang, too. I mean, both of them. This is for the guys at the
2: dinner. Hey, we're having way more fun than you are. Who gives a fuck about your championship? This league's about bonding, and I love all you guys. So let's
0: all just have fun together. You're being fucking f-
3: <laughs> Don't bleep that out. What did you say? this is for the
0: guys at the dinner. What do you got to say to them? what about the dinner what are they talking shit yeah <laughs> oh really so what you gotta say what You gotta say to him <laughs> let me see let me see <laughs> i've been a loser and i have I'm been a champion i'm not worried I, about it let me oh. tell you i choose every fucking time well obviously you fucking fuck why wouldn't you take champion every single time man that's an obvious reason then dylan wants to talk. <laughs> Willie coming in Is
2: Jordan there? Oh yeah, Jordan's there Hey, Jordan Krieger My name's Willie Doucette man. And I would smoke you by a Good ten strokes Alright, buddy Any course, you name it I'd smoke you by ten
0: strokes Alright And you you know what I'm talking about Alright
2: <laughs>
0: ignore, ignore Willie there at the end But God, I was just so happy by their responses. I applaud them because my response was a lot worse and probably couldn't be aired. So,
1: (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's just kind of, uh, I get it. I'd be in the same boat. Like, you just gotta, you gotta put yourself in someone else's shoes sometimes when you're looking at things like that. And, you know, I understand that you guys don't understand, and that's okay. But, when you do understand, you will understand, and that's about as simple as I can put it. And um, I can sit here and promise you that the six that weren't in attendance would say the same exact thing that I would be saying. In general, you know, like it's just the fact of the matter is, is that we wanted to go out and celebrate, relishing our accomplishments, and I mean, this league's a big deal to us, so why not make a dinner a big deal as well? I mean, we just wanted to celebrate and have a good time. And that's exactly what we did. And I'm sure Joel will say sort of the same thing.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I get it. People are going to get butt hurt. It's kind of the time uh, time of life we're in. You know, just everyone just, it's a generation, you know we what, Gen Z millennials, just everyone gets butt hurt, So they just, you know, weren't there. And I get it. You know, they're probably a little upset. Um, probably upset we didn't tell them. But, I mean, I hope they can move on from it. And if their feelings got hurt, I hope they can win some
1: championships.
0: There's a divide.
1: I mean, at the end of the day, like, what do you want us to
0: say? You want us to tell you that we're going to go do that? But, like, yeah, probably. Rather than not knowing. I mean, we we're sitting there and I was just like,
1: You want me to just bring up in the chat, hey, us six champions, former champions,
2: current champions are going out
1: for dinner, and you guys aren't invited.
2: Yo, Booby, I gotta say something actually. To be honest with you, I'm thinking about the end of the day, people really weren't too upset about it, besides one person in particular. And you know what his name was? Ooh, Mitchell Hennis. He wouldn't even talk to us in the draft the next day, you know, some guys are about hurt. you know, they were probably mad to get no but they got over it. Hey, not Mitchell. Mitchell will not even look at us. He was acting like, well, it was really like I, I thought I was with a five-year-old like kid having a temp, temper tantrum.
1: Yeah. I mean, he didn't even shake my hand when I showed up. Everybody yeah, else did, you know, it's That's what I'm the saying. sort of thing that this league's about is we're all competitors, but at the end of the day, I mean, we're all in an elite league and, you know, we should just respect each other. I get that maybe having that dinner isn't viewed as respectful, but at the end of the day, like, it's just a, it was a beautiful dinner. And I think that anybody that becomes a champion in the future will be more than happy to be in attendance.
0: I'll say one thing. If I was at that dinner I was going to let people know if they acted the way I did, I would have let them know, which a few of you did. Um, But at the end of the day, i was talking with nick we had a good conversation it was like guys are just a bunch of losers like you're a bunch of losers for doing that and that if you would have just said like you said like you know what we're having a champions dinner and like said something to us i feel like it would have just been like damn they're going to a champions dinner like that sucks like i want to win and be in that in that dinner but for the majority of the people that found out they're like oh, they said they were going home or had, like, dinner with their family and they just, like, went to a Champions Dinner and, like, F them. Like, whatever. So, I don't know. The only other thing I want to comment on about this, is we could talk about this dinner forever because there's a divide and it's going to get brought up again. Is that Vert's kind of calling you out on your walk of shame there? I mean, I wasn't there. I can't imagine what it's like to walk with a sex doll. But can you walk us through that? Um, I mean... I get that maybe
1: it wasn't like the best for everybody to see because they couldn't like follow along and like see my journey but like it there like I had a lot of anxiety like the whole time like I it didn't feel good to do that at all like I get that maybe it didn't live up to what people wanted it to be but I mean I I I was thoroughly embarrassed for that 20 minute walk i mean i power walked it into 20 the walk itself said 25 minutes and it was a mile and a half in the middle of milwaukee and i mean the amount of cars that passed me the amount of people that were looking at me whether it was a laugh or some people even like looked at me sternly like what the fuck you think you're doing i mean nobody would have enjoyed doing that and i think that was the point of the punishment I mean we've had punishments in the past that were better for everybody involved to see and were able to be out with them the whole night. like the dress and everything in Madison was our best punishment for sure, but um, I still I mean it was not it was not good and Jordan would tell you the same.
0: well let's let's walk through it here. you know, you did us the courtesy of kind of recording your way through the drafts. So we'll start with the pre-walk of shame what you were thinking and feeling
1: little uh special recording here about five minutes out from our target destination of the start of the route um it's looking uh it's looking like it's go time here in about 10 minutes puck's gonna drop and uh massive anxiety setting in here approaching um can gotta imagine you're feeling the same way yeah we're in the uh we're
2: in the, the dawn of
1: the, uh, the night break here. This is as uh, real as it's going to get. Um, yeah, looking at this doll, I'm just going to have to put some duct tape in a certain spot and make out a quick sign here, and we're pretty much ready to go. Um, might give you my thoughts on the other side. Maybe I won't want to talk about it. Same with Jordan. Up. Maybe pull it up while we're walking. Ooh, that's not a bad idea. let
0: I'm saying record it while you're walking. Let, let, let your thoughts go out while it's happening.
1: All right. You heard it here first. I will, uh... The next recording you'll hear will be me walking.
0: Give us your thoughts, like, during that recording before I play the mid-walk one. I mean, it was just, like... When we were, me and Jordan had to stop
1: at Walmart and grab some supplies, like the sign and a marker and some duct tape for the sign. And it was just kind of like the closer we were getting, it was like, all right, well, we're actually doing this. It's been a long time coming and being in the moment and kind of like approaching in the minutes leading up to it. It was just like a lot of like, damn, man, like this, I lost it's kind of all i could think about was i lost the league kind of just brought that whole memory flashing back
0: well let's let's talk about midwalk let's listen to this as you're walking
1: all right um halfway through my walk i've been stopped by three separate individuals and families um one guy told me to get her home safe that was that was kind of geek um, a wife with her husband stopped me with their four-year-old child to ask me what I was doing. Um, I thought it was a funny punishment. Everybody that is, realizes realized this punishment has said something about how it. it's funny. Uh, there we go. There we go. I'm getting honked at. Um, this, is, this is not ideal. You don't want to be doing this. Um, but this is the price you pay for Bullshit in fantasy. Um, yeah, I'll say it. It's bullshit that I'm doing this. Shouldn't have lost. If you guys don't recall, Reed put up 234 points in the garbage bowl. Both of them, me and him, were top three in scoring. So, hey, I'm not denying I lost. I'll be open about that, but I think it's, I just think, you know, it's the price you pay in a league like this. So, I'm about to make the turn on the water. And uh I'm wishing Jordan the best because I'm definitely getting some I'm definitely getting cat called. Eh, it's probably not the right word, but yeah. More 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 people honking, giving me really stern looks. That that was not that wasn't it, but enough with this message just long enough already, you get the point. Um and yeah. It's uh it's not great. what I'm doing is not great. You don't wanna do this. Alright, peace. Yeah. I mean, you heard some excuses for me. Like I said, just previously I was thinking a lot about the season that I lost and you know, I just had to, had to give my excuse, but at the end of the day, I did lose. And yeah, I mean, after that I had another car roll up next to me and there was like three dudes out the window with their phones each recording me that sucked. Um, <laughs>
3: that's
0: funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, Let's talk post-walk here, post-walk.
1: Yeah, I mean, kind of just summed it up there. But, yeah, I was super relieving to get it over with. And um, I sure didn't have a good time doing it, if that's what people want to hear. But it sounds like from earlier that people weren't pleased with the punishment. And uh, I'm just going to have to leave that up to everybody else to come up with a better one in that case.
0: I mean, I wasn't there, so I can't say how bad it was. I can't imagine it wasn't fun to walk with a doll like that. I mean, Joel, were you there? No. I was at my grandpa's birthday party. So yeah. what were your thoughts? I mean, if you, you saw the videos, I mean, did it look horrible? Um, Personally, I actually think that, uh, I mean, probably, I'm not going
2: to sugarcoat it. I mean, I wouldn't want to do it. But I think that uh, for a more fun thing, I think, dressing up at the bar probably was a better punishment that we had than Madison, like Dylan said earlier, just because, I mean, it's just kind of funny. Like you're literally at a bar with a bunch of people and you're dressed in a skirt and a crop top. Like people are really questioning what, what you're up to, but that's, you know, you're done and over with. So it's kind of, you know, once you get it done, those people will probably never see you again in your life. So,
1: you know, you wear That's a, it and... that's, that's a large part of, uh, how I was talking myself up before I went into it, just convincing myself there's just no way any of these people are going to see me again. They're not going to think about me the day after. They're not going to bring this up a week from now to somebody random. So, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, bigger, better punishment is in order. And uh, I think that obviously we failed to accomplish uh, setting a new punishment at the draft, and we're going to have to do that before uh, the week starts here on sunday
0: well nonetheless uh thanks for getting it done you know at least we held up some of the integrity nonetheless but uh you know we do have joel here with us and i kind of wanted to dive deep into kind of his championship season last year his thoughts on the draft a little bit and then i'm sure booby you've got some questions for him as well so like joel walk us through your previous championship season uh this last year you are the reigning champion right now and looked at very highly in this league as you can tell from the first two podcast episodes um so tell us what your thought process was last year.
2: Yeah, I mean, last year was a good year. Um, I mean, it all really starts with I really didn't get plagued with too many injuries. Obviously, that can kill a team, regardless of its fantasy or real life. Let's be honest. That's kind of the name of the game in football. But uh, – I did say, I will admit, Jonathan Taylor, my first pick last year, I had preseason, like, that was my pick. Like, I wanted him no matter what. He was really going to be my first rounder, and luckily, you know, he wasn't really going to be picked till later and, like, per where people were putting him at in drafts. And I think I had, like, picked, once again, same thing as this year, probably eight or nine. I want to say I had the same pick, and I got him. And then uh, I think I got Cooper Cup in the fourth round, who was the number one receiver. And I remember I just really like Cup on my list because he had Matt Stafford and I just you know, Matt Stafford's a good quarterback. But once again, last year just kinda got really nice with uh no injuries really too bad on my team and that's I would say what won me it.
1: Yeah, um you definitely picked him at pick nine. I remember that. And um Cooper Cup. I think anytime that you pick the number one running back and the number one wide receiver that both finish top one and two in total fantasy points, you're probably in a good place <laughs> when a, a fantasy football championship. So, yeah, props off to you, um, well deserved championship. Unlike some, and um, yeah, that's that's really my thoughts. And I think I say there wasn't probably anybody more deserving last year. You look at every metric, and it was just kind of you the whole year.
2: Yeah, which kind of cool that I never really thought about till right now. But, you know, that was like who I drafted. I feel like I'm not saying a lot of team I did trade with Mitchell early in the season. We've talked about it many times. It was pretty much a wash, if not a loss on my end, I would actually say. Yeah. Um Mitchell actually you know, he maybe not by much, but I traded away Stefan Diggs and Damian Harris for what was it? Chase Edmonds and Keenan uh, Allen. Allen. Yeah, and Damian Harris just went off at the end of the year. So but yeah I didn't really I mean I didn't really trade I'm never a big trader to be honest with you ever I've, since I've been in the league I've never really done many trades just kind of not my forte some call me the Green Bay Packers but yeah and uh I just that's kind of interesting that that worked out my way
1: yeah the Green Bay Packers comparison makes sense when your team name is certified, certified Rodgers boy so
2: yeah I mean Aaron Rodgers he's he's the morale of my team he's a team he's a you know, a guy that's just going to hype everyone up in the locker room. And that's what he did for Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup.
0: (laughs) So you got Nick, Nick was Nicky talking to us at the draft or previously before the second episode saying he's going to stop all the dick sucking of Joel. I mean, what do you say to that? I mean, you're a good, you're a good ball player, but I mean, Nick's ready to beat you this year.
2: No, I mean, I get it as well. It's kind of like, you know, the media sucks LeBron's thing between his legs. Uh, you know sometimes after you keep hearing it you get annoyed I'm the same way about uh, you know the media kind of just always talking about people because you know you want to show love to everyone but I think that uh, maybe Nick just got a little upset it's been two episodes you know it really wasn't it hasn't been that much but you know Nick's got to have his say and his opinion so you know I'm going to let him have it
1: All right, punishment is concluded it was uh, quite the journey um, you heard my thoughts mid walk. I don't really have much else to say. I just had a hold in other cars, stopped me kind of, and i all over their stories probably. I don't know. But what did what did you what did you see? What did you think? Uh watching you do it, I, I was I was laughing quite a bit. I, I it's just good to be over with, good to be done, and it's time to set my sights on something something bigger, and that's getting back to a championship and and being the first to repeat. Um, so, now that that's water under the bridge, that, that'll be kind of where my focus is. Yeah, you know, we uh we all don't want to do things like that and that's what comes with being in the league as I said earlier, but you know, life comes at you quick. Sometimes you got to face the music. That's what we did today. It's over with. No more clown emojis per Nick. And um yeah, I'm I'm relieved that it's over and as Jordan said, I mean, don't really need to repeat it, but we got bigger aspirations in mind, and this these years are behind us, and that's all you can – you just got to put it on the back burner.
0: Got to look forward. So, all right, well, back to podcasts. So this year, I mean, we had a good draft, and we're going to get into more draft analysis as we go on here. But, I mean, I couldn't stop laughing with you when Liam picked Rashard Higgins. And we're going to talk about this later, but, I mean – what do you say to that pick? Is that the worst pick I I'm just what do you say about that pick? Joel, cool, I'll let you lead off.
2: Uh, I mean, first of all, I mean, it starts with, you know, not paying attention. That's kind of what hurt him. I mean, I'm sure that's not even who he was wanting to pick. So to give everyone who isn't in the league context, I mean, he literally was talking, I don't even know who he was talking to. And the timer went up. And when that timer goes up, everyone is yelling at you, say it out loud, say it out loud, say it out loud, who's your pick? Which I completely respect. And he even, you know, probably had a quick 10, 15 seconds of not saying anything. So many people started joining in. And he mixed up Deontay Higgins with, what, uh, T. Higgins? T. Higgins, T. Higgins. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, T. Higgins probably went two or three rounds before. <laughs> like, he wasn't, there's no way. He, he was wasn't even close. But, but. Also, I want to put in this fact of the matter that, yeah, Liam had that draft. Sucks. You know, you just got to pay attention. He's going to have to wear that one. And, yeah, that's probably one of the worst draft picks because that's what happens, you know, when you don't pay attention. But I just want to say Reed Bogran went up next. And and Liam Jones was looking for, uh, what, Marquise Brown? Yep, that's who Liam wanted. And Reed went up there after Jones did that and goes, is Marquise Brown still on the board? And me, I don't know who it was. We all started dying laughing because that's exactly what Liam just went up there saying out loud. So that's back-to-back. Reed kind of got like, Reed going up there with more time at least. But it was just
1: kind of funny that back-to-back people
2: were looking for Marquise Brown, I think, in the fifth or sixth round.
3: So
1: Yeah, I mean, I just think that, I mean, I show up to the draft with all papers. I have no electronics. I'm not using electronics. And I'm crossing everybody off a sheet as the draft goes on. And, like, there was not one moment where I didn't think, like, somebody or, like, I thought somebody was there that wasn't. There were even times where I would walk up to the board because I was so shocked that guys were still there, and I thought that I was tripping. So, like, I went to go check the board and the player tags, and they happened to still be there, and I was just kind of stunned. So, um, yeah, I mean, I get – Clowned on a little bit for showing up and doing all my research before the draft but like i'd rather be over prepared than under prepared
0: no you definitely killed a few trees there we're gonna definitely have to look into your investigation on saving the earth over here (laughs) i mean you've got a book and i mean it worked out for you as well as we'll bring up later i definitely think we should start that movement you know (laughs) something about canceling dylan for hating you know oh yeah trees oh yeah but, uh, Joel, I just got one more question for you before I kind of let you go here. Yep. After the draft, don't go too in-depth because we're going to get in-depth. But, like, looking at it, if it's not yourself, whose team do you like going forward? There was a couple.
2: I always base my uh, – what I, I think the beginning rankings are, you know, how ESPN ranks everyone. I mean, that can be a roller coaster because, once again, injuries, you know. Let's say the first three picks, let's say they all tear their ACL. You don't know. And all of they're dead last projected or whatever. That's just fantasy football. That's football in general with inner injuries and whatnot happens. But so I always base my picks to start the year off of kind of people who kept snagging guys I wanted and liked. Um, you, for example, I mean, Josh Allen, second round. I don't love that at all, to be honest with you. But, you know, it's not like I don't think it's going to kill you. You had some really good mid picks, you know, like fourth to sixth, seventh round. I really liked yours, um, Dylan. He also had a good team. Um, who else did I like out there? I think I like Levi had a good one. He had a couple of picks that he, uh, he was taking my guys. Um, Jordan, I think, had one. Or I can't really remember everyone's roster to be honest with you. And like I said, it could be like Liam, for example, having. You know, Deont- that Deontay uh, Higgins pick, and now also picking a guy who retired. <laughs> I mean, we'll go and touch mean,
0: on that, but yeah,
2: I, I mean Higgins
1: Higgins pick is so bad that you just don't even know his first name either, and, and yeah, not that no, we shouldn't even like know it like no. it's just that. Bad I mean, of a but no, pick.
2: let me finish. Let me finish. So, like I said, you don't really know though, like what could happen? Liam could have some good fantasy, uh, you know, waiver wire pickups and his guys could stay healthy or something like that. So it's like, I'm not saying he's bound to get first place, but he could make the playoffs or, you know what I mean? Like that's how fantasy football works. So just kind of, we'll see. He can make some trades. You don't know what could happen. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to say Liam's out of it yet
0: or anyone for the fact of the matter. So we're going to let you go here. I just want to say one more thing and the people in the league will, understand what I'm saying here, but there's three cases of pineapple high noons in our, our uh, fridge right now and I'm not going to say how they got there, but they're there. <laughs> well, I mean, we could just be quite frank
2: about it that uh, you know, I probably had one too many uh, adult beverages and I'll start, we all had quite a few, I'll be honest, starting at what, 2 p.m.? Oh yeah. And you know, when there's about five, six, seven hours of liquor in your system, you do things that uh, you typically wouldn't slash shouldn't do sober. And, uh, you know, I hope that uh,
0: bar doesn't get too mad. <laughs> All right, Joel, thank you for coming on and talking to us. Appreciate it. Thanks, Joel. Thanks, Thanks boys. Good luck to everyone this year. So, you know, draft went, went really well. Um we're going to go through kind of the draft order and how that got set up. I mean, before we start talking about players, uh, Booby, can you just go over actually like how we actually got our draft order set? Because I think it's pretty unique and I don't think a lot of leagues do it like this. So there was a little skepticism after uh, one of the
1: cards blew off the table per uh, Zach, even though it had no effect on the draft order whatsoever as he was trying to get my pick revoked. I understand that, but uh, my card was picked before then. So I was kind of freaking out a little bit. I was going to say that we needed to find a new way to do it, but the rest of it worked out. Um, we just picked cards. Um, basically everybody was handed a card and we had matching cards in the same deck. And basically we drew those cards and we found out as that person was on the clock. And, um, I was, uh, elated to have pick number two I haven't picked uh, at the top of the draft in a couple of years now and um I think that uh it really uh gave me uh a lot of confidence and it had my spirits up and I think uh my draft strategy and everything that I was planning on doing going in worked out perfect from the spot
0: yeah um I, ju- I definitely like how we did that draft this year and I want to definitely move forward with that so going and moving on then um with the first pick, our commissioner pulls his own card, which, I don't know. We got to talk about collusion. Where's that Berg when you need him, right? Uh, but, but Jordan ends up with the first pick, and he's actually projected sixth in the league as his final standings. Just a projection, but as of right now, he's sixth. Yeah. Um, he told me before the
1: draft um, that he did not want number one. It was the one pick that I don't think he wanted. And uh, I think he changed his tune on that pretty quick. I mean, I don't know how you can be mad. Um, fantasy football will tell you that more often than not, the number one overall pick usually goes on to win the league. Um, Usually you have the best chance to pick the best player. Um, It doesn't always work like that every year, but it has in the past. And, um, yeah, I don't think he's mad in hindsight.
0: I mean, he actually, like, fucked me in the draft because you'll find out mine a little bit, but he went three running backs in a row. And from the first spot, you just don't see that often. I mean, I know you did it last year at twelve, which is like low key kind of second first spot, but I mean that messed me up big time.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean it almost messed me up. I I picked I picked Keenan Allen because he was obviously the pick before me. So I picked Keenan Allen before he was on the clock with his double picks. Um in event, like, I had to play, like, I didn't, I had to pick the guy that I didn't want him to pick more going into the turn, and when he picked um, Chubb and, uh, whoa, what what's his face, back to back?
0: Uh, Connor, Connor. Connor,
1: I was torn between James Connor and Leonard Fournette, and he made the choice for me, basically, so that was nice that I didn't have to make a choice there, but, um, yeah, I'd almost, if you would have taken Fournette or Connor, I would have been in shambles.
0: Yeah, so Jordan, you had a good draft, I thought, from where you stood, but you definitely, definitely messed up my draft strategy picking from there. With the second pick, um, cards bluff the table, Booby we went over that a little bit, but it ended up being Booby who got the second pick. And I mean, this kid came prepared, and you could almost say over prepared, uh, depending on who you're talking to. But I mean, it works out for him because you are now projected to finish first in the league.
1: Yeah, I mean, like projections tell you, they're not always true. Um, I think that it at least like helps me feel more confident. Like I thought I, uh, I thought I killed the draft after we were done. I was really, really thrilled with how it went. Um, I feel like I have good depth behind everywhere except running back. Um, But overall, I think my starting lineup is really good. Um, And guys fell to me and I wasn't afraid to take them.
0: So, first round, second pick, Jonathan Taylor gets picked first, and you have a decision to make. We've heard about it, ins and outs, Christian McCaffrey's made a glass. Were you confident in that pick?
1: Um, I
0: told myself leading up to the draft that if
1: I ever had the second overall pick, I was going to take Eckler. Um,
3: oh, I didn't know.
1: I I opted in the moment for McCaffrey. I just – he uh, he won me a fantasy football championship before, and uh, I was just thinking I'd bring the band back together there. And um, it's just a matter of I'm not playing for fifth, sixth. I'm playing to win the league. And if you're looking at the track record, besides injury, he is arguably the best fantasy football player of all time. And it's like if he can stay healthy this year, I think that I have a good chance to, to win the whole thing and I can become our first repeating champion. And that's what I want to do. Like, I don't I don't want to do anything else with that. And I know that's the common answer if you ask anybody. But I just, he was my guy in the moment. And I feel very confident in the pick. I mean, I'm just praying for good health. And if that rings true, I'm, I just don't see a, a world where I'm at least not fighting in the playoffs to get to that championship game and hopefully win it.
0: No, and I, I'm I'm there with you and why you should take him. This is where we miss Xabo in the pocket because he would just be railing you because he's saying McCaffrey – wait, pause first. But <laughs> he would just be saying that McCaffrey's made a glass, this, this, and that. I have a real quick question before we go to the next guy. Lamar Jackson over Pat Mahomes is what you took?
1: Yeah. Really? Another guy that uh, has won me a fantasy football championship in the same year. Um, he's got the best uh, – Rushing upside, it's not close. He's the best running quarterback in NFL history. Makes a big difference in fantasy. Uh, Going into a contract year, Ravens are healthy. By default this year, they were super banged up going into the season last year with training camp injuries. And um, yeah, they lost Marquise Brown. But I also picked up Bateman, who is their wide receiver one. I know he's not their number one target. Mark Andrews is. But um, yeah, I just think that with the contract year and a disappointing last year, I think that he's going to come out and he's going to have a great season. And um, I just think that he has more like weekly winning games than Mahomes will give you. Maybe Mahomes is more consistent at giving you the points you want, but I think Jackson has a pretty great floor. And I also think that his upside
0: can easily win you a week. I mean, I, I, I want to say you're drunk because I want to say, Nine out of 12 people are picking Pat Mahomes, but I'm just I'm just not someone that likes Mark Jackson. But the third pick was our other co-host, Zabo. Um, he ended up picking third. He took Derrick Henry first overall. He got his boyfriend back, who is Cordero Patterson. And then I do not like his rec- – I mean, I like his receivers, but I definitely think they're going to take a step backwards, which is Tyreek Hill in Miami and then Deontay Johnson over at Pitt. I don't think their situations are – great, considering where they were last year.
1: What's your what's your take on Johnson? Why would you take a step backwards? If anything, I think they have a quarterback upgrade.
0: I mean, they have a quarterback upgrade, sure, but I, you can't say it's that big. I mean, I know wins-wise there was some stat I saw that Mitch Trubisky did well, but I mean, do you really trust Mitch Trubisky to get you the ball a lot? I, I mean,
1: that he's was... going to get you the ball in better spots than Ben was at the end of his career. I mean, Ben was not good. Like,
0: No, no. But, I mean, what about Allen Robinson with Mitch Trubisky? He's really good.
1: I mean, Allen Robinson, I had him when he was with Mitch Trubisky, and he was really solid for me. It was last year when he had Justin Fields that things really started to go south for him. I think the year before that, things started to go downhill. But, I mean, Trubisky, I had Allen Robinson one year, and he was a top-20 receiver, I believe. Um, I just think that Deontay Johnson is – Top five in the league in targets over the last two years, and I mean that's that's a good pick. I, if he wouldn't have taken him before Brandon Cooks, I was going Deontay Johnson.
0: I mean, again, I I don't think he's terrible. I just don't think he's going to put up the production he thinks he's going to get with Mitch Trubisky as your quarterback. The pick I really, really effing hate from him though was just Tony Pollard pick because all all the guy does is pick up handcuffs, and handcuffs are just backup running backs of the top running backs in the league. Or just starting running backs. And he has four of them. And he had no business picking Tony Pollard. A pick before me in the 6th or 7th round.
1: Yeah, I think it was more of a thing that he was doing on purpose. If I were to be honest. I think he was trying to get under your skin. um, Rattle you a little bit. I don't know how close together you guys were sitting. If you guys knew what was on each other's minds. But, um, I mean, I think Tony Pollard was a great pick.
0: All in all, I think the kid just sucks. But we, we've got to go. Uh, drafting fourth was myself. Um, I had a pretty, pretty solid first-round pick, which was Austin Eckler. But I did not get a lot of love on my second pick.
1: Yeah. Um, you reached. But <laughs> you
0: got your guy. I mean, so those of you don't know, it was Josh Allen. In the background of the second round. And my thought process behind all of that was, you know, looking at the running backs on the board, there's only one that I kind of wasn't sure about. And do you have the draft setting in front of you, Booby? Yes, I do. Can you tell me the guys that went in those six picks, just rattle them off really quick and how many running backs there were?
1: After or before?
0: So it would have been after Josh Allen back down to Jordan and then the three or four picks leading up to it again
1: yep Jordan went Nick Chubb and James Conner and then I went Leonard Fournette and then you got Ezekiel Elliott
0: that was the one guy I was just like unsure about and I said it last podcast don't pick guys you don't love and I didn't love him but I still ended up taking him because I kind of panicked because Jordan took three running backs and then I was sitting there like three running backs in one two three rounds And then you took one, which, nothing bad about it, but I was like, no way there was going to be those three all gone. I thought for sure one was going to drop, but running backs are obviously valued in this league, and I should have known better. But I don't think my pick was terrible. I definitely think he's going to be a top performer, if not the top performer in fantasy this year.
1: You hope Josh Allen is quarterback one. Otherwise, that's a bad pick. Uh, (laughs) If we look back at the end of the year, he's quarterback one. You can probably justify it, but... Given that nobody took a quarterback until the first pick around four and then the last pick around four and then a giant quarterback run in the fifth round. That was unlike anything anybody would seen in our league before. Um, five straight quarterbacks were taken, seven total in that round. Um, Ridiculous. Yeah, it was just that, you know, I don't think anybody was going to take them that early, but I think you were worried about... Zach, me, and Jordan scooping him potentially, even though you probably know that I do not like to take the first
0: quarterback off the board. And maybe not yourself, I wasn't worried about you taking him, but like, Jordan and it was Zach, definitely Zach. It was definitely well, Zach. It was 100% Zach, but also even Jordan too, just because where he was drafting. You know, he was the first overall pick. I was not expecting running back, running back. So, the, the guy that drafted after me um, was Nick, and he had a very controversial draft as well
1: yeah um I like the cup pick I said on the pre-draft special that I like to cup over Jefferson still I mean I just don't see why he's not going to be a monster again this year um but the double tight ends in round two and three was I just don't see the value in that I don't I think that the tight ends are going where they're going because of the need at the position, not because of their average fantasy points and the value they're going to give you overall as a flex play. So Kyle Pitts or Kelsey, whichever one you want to view as a flex. Um, let's say Kelsey's your tight end and you got Pitts in your flex. I just think that you're hoping for, a monster breakout season from Pitts to make up for that value, which he could do. That could work out for him big time. But having to settle with his first running back his RB1 in round four with ETN and then Dylan could be great. He picked him in round five. Um yeah, I just don't I just am not sure about that strategy.
0: I just think it messed him up too, looking at his draft, because I don't think he drafted the way he wanted to. And, you know, a few drinks were flown. We're not going to say it was drunk pick, but we could say it was influenced by something like that. So, Nick, I'm not sure what's going on there. I'm not saying I hate the pick, but I just think I messed up the rest of your draft, and I think you would you would agree with that. Um, drafting in the sixth position was Levi Pratt. Oh, I forgot to say what we were projected. So, I am projected fourth, I drafted fourth. Nick drafted fifth, projected seventh. Levi is drafting six and he's actually projected 11th now, not 12th, which is good for him. And I thought Levi had a decent draft. I'm not really sure what's going on here.
1: I thought it was above average. I really like his draft. The only one that I'd question at the front is Javante Williams. Um, I think AJ Brown's a great pick. I think Jalen Waddle is a great pick. Kyler Murray was the other quarterback I wanted going into the draft rather than Lamar. Um, and I think Gabriel Davis is a huge sleeper. We can come back to this podcast later in the year, but don't be shocked if that dude has 10 plus touchdowns this year. I know that sounds a little crazy, but that man had, I think top five in end zone targets last year, which he wasn't even, he wasn't even a starter for like half the year. He was like a fourth receiver for them. But once he got into that role at the end of the year, he exploded. And then obviously, fantasy football is not happening during the playoffs, but that game against the chiefs, he was unbelievable. So yeah. that pick could be
0: insane, especially in round seven. I mean, just with AJ Brown and Jalen Waddle, like I definitely think those are two very solid picks. I think where ES ESPN. Maybe hates him is just his running backs. He's got Javante Williams and cream hunt, which I don't think are terrible, but were of the other guys he picked, he picked them. But we also had a league first this year with me and Levi. He picks um, Dawson Knox, the Bills tight end, two picks before I took Hunter Henry. And he kind of mentioned to me he didn't want him. And I was like, well, I wanted Dawson Knox. Like, do you want to trade? And we actually got a trade deal done at the draft. So once they were implemented, we sent that through. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I I think Knox is better than
1: Henry. I think he got a good deal there, especially having uh, Josh Allen. That could be uh, double points. And, um, yeah, I would say right now that you won that trade, but obviously everything remains to be seen.
0: Yeah. Um, This next guy is basically the reason why we're here (laughs) and to talk about his draft. Hey, before you get into it, first off, I'm looking at it right now.
1: And his first five rounds are not bad. Six, I should say. Seven is where it fell apart.
0: And when can, can you say the correct name of who Liam Jones, who drafted um, seventh and now he's projected last place, actually? what what would he pick? Rashard Higgins. Who the hell is that? I think
1: he was a uh, third or fourth string for the Browns last year, and I think he's the fourth or fifth in Carolina this year. Projected one, <laughs> one point this week. Actually, I should mention that before we started this podcast, I went and checked out the league. I, I do it every day. I like to check out the transactions, and he actually dropped him today. So,
0: Along with Emmanuel Sanders, who at the time he didn't know was a free agent, then he just retired today. So yep. that's mm-hmm. another pick where it's like, what in the world? Yeah, And then he came up with, after Richard Higgins, DeAndre Hopkins. And I'm not saying he's going to be bad, but he's just suspended for the what, first four weeks.
1: DeAndre Hopkins would have been a great pick if he didn't do what he did in the seventh because he probably would have had a receiver that would have been better for the time being for, for the first six weeks. I don't know if they have a bye week seven. I might've heard that. I could be totally wrong. But um, other than that, I want to talk about the upsides of his draft because everybody's just going to shit on it. But <laughs> Damien Pierce was a great pick in the sixth. He's going to be the starting running back in Houston. Yeah. Maybe you could argue they're going to be a bad offense, but Values and running backs are in touches, and he's going to get them this year. He's going to be arguably a bell cow, unless Lovey Smith is a dumbass and he uses Rex Burkhead. Um, Joe Burrow and Chase are a great one-two. He went Chase at seven. I like that. And um, Saquon, I'm high on this year, as much as some people might be scared for the same reason with McCaffrey. But I I think the injury concerns are less even for Barkley. I think he could have a great year, and Mike Evans is a touchdown machine. Um, Kittle is questionable week one. I think he got hurt in practice this week, which is unfortunate. But he's yeah. been kind of on the decline the last few years, and so. But I mean, at the end of the day, you could argue that's going to be a top five tight end, so not a bad spot to pick him. But yeah, that's what I liked about his draft for sure.
0: And I appreciate you, you know, giving him that those words that he probably needed. But I just also want to throw out that conversation that people have had. Some were calling it the worst draft in league history. I just want to throw that out there. You're going to have to find out who Liam. It's not me. We're going to have to find out.
1: Well, you know, at the end of the day, Liam was very mad at me at the draft because I was getting in his ear about not paying attention, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, at the end of the day, I still see some hope in his team, and that's fine. Um, he's just going to have to make the right moves across the year. He's starting, he's starting definitely behind with Hopkins being suspended and having basically a forfeited round seven pick. But, um, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And I think that if he made the playoffs, I wouldn't be shocked.
0: Drafting in the eighth position this year is Joel DePons. He is projected to finish ninth in the league. And um, I think he got a really good back with his first pick in Najee Harris. I actually do love the quarterback pick in Russell Wilson. I know we kind of had that talk earlier in the podcast in the second second episode. But the pick for me that I thought was one of his like the best pick for him was just Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, we talked about it. I wanted him really bad. He took him the round. I was going to get him, but a few picks before me and Joel, that was a great pick. The hype is high on Juju.
1: That's for sure. Everybody, if you listen to any fantasy podcasts or what people around the industry say, they've been, really high on Juju all off season and going into the draft. So um, he took Harris, Lamb, Pittman Jr. with his first three rounds. I mentioned and Lamb on the pre-draft special. Love both of those guys. I love Pittman. I had him last year. I think he could be a monster with Matt Ryan. J.K. Dobbins. Now, I don't know. He was a guy that I was never going to draft this year. I think that he's coming off a of torn ACL. I don't know if that's like he's going to be confident in his own abilities like in the way that he won't be confident to play exactly the way that made him so good his rookie year and in college um I mean you can talk to anybody that's ever had a major knee injury and they'll tell you that that first year is nothing like two years removed I mean, you can feel healthy, but it's never 100%. It could be 99%, but there's that, like, mental thought lingering until you get through a whole season. You're like, all right, I'm good, and I, they're just back to what they were before. But other than that, I mean, Joel, Joel like last year, drafts really well. Devin Singletary was an amazing value in round nine. I really wanted him. I actually passed on him so I could take another receiver. But, um, yeah. I uh, I like Joel's draft a lot.
0: I can't say Joel's is bad by any means. I just don't know how I feel about it in terms of championship contention. He's got a lot of guys that have a ton of upside, so we'll have to find out and see how that goes. Um, who drafted in the ninth position was Reed Bogrand. He's actually projected to finish tenth in the league this year. And Reed kind of went a different route uh, than he normally does, which Booby touched on kind of the first and second episodes was he was very kind of wide receiver dependent. But, I mean, I talked about Zach taking handcuffs. Like, this guy took handcuffs all over the place this year.
1: Yeah. um, Cook and Jones in the first two rounds is a great combo, like both of them this year. T. Higgins is going to be a great receiver. Mike Williams, I've had him. Anybody in this league that's had him will tell you. His highs are unbelievable, and his lows are – Weak losers. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tom Brady had him last year. I don't know how bad the guy wants to play football, if I'm being honest. Um, <laughs> we'll see uh, what kind of year he has. Probably would be great because it's Tom Brady. Um, Elijah Mitchell, I have no idea. I That's another guy I wouldn't have touched this year just simply because I've never seen a 49ers team ran by Shanahan that started the same running back two years in a row. Um. But other than that, yeah, you I mean, you can touch on the handcuffs, but that's what I thought about the the highs of his draft and obviously the question mark I had with Mitchell.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, a, I'm with you on the Elijah Mitchell pick. It definitely was a question mark, and I was very weary to take him, so I'm glad someone else did. But just know if a running back gets hurt that Reed's going to be having another stud. So just watch out for that upcoming this season. I'm drafting in the 10th spot and not the 12th spot is Lang. And I said that because he gets the 12th spot a lot, Um, but Lang had him in the 12th or the 10th spot. And then he's projected to finish fifth right now, you know, Lang's team. I think he had a very good draft and I applaud him for it.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I like mixing a lot this year um i actually have his over on a thousand fifty yards this year um and uh, i also uh think digs was a great pick i'll touch on Verts' strategy in a minute here because he was the last pick but digs was great value at the third pick in the second round um dj Moore, i think the guy's just got to find the end zone one of these years like He's been great. It's just that he hasn't been a very high volume touchdown guy. Um, Saint Brown, I, I he had a really good end of the year. I don't know what that means this year. Fourth round seems like really high for some reason. Well, yeah, Might just be the bias that he was a sixth round pick. But what were you gonna say?
0: Just can you tell us the receivers that were taken after him? I mean. People are saying he reached, and I'm agreeing he reached a little bit. But, I mean, from the guys that he picked after, I definitely think it wasn't a horrible pick. I mean, what receivers were taken right after Amonse Brown?
1: I would have taken Jalen Waddell over him. I would have taken Marquise Brown over him. I would have taken Deontay Johnson over him. I would have taken Brandon Cooks over him. And that's about where the list stops. I think Godwin, now that it seems like he's going to play week one, we'll touch on him with our next team. But the fact that that dude was a fifth-rounder is crazy.
0: But, um, yeah. Any more thoughts on Lang's team? No, I'm just looking at it right now and seeing that he's actually starting Trey Lance over Dak Prescott, which is interesting. But we'll see how that goes for him coming up. Yeah, week.
1: and also he added two big rookies in Brees Hall and Drake London. Brees Hall could be great. Um, his running back depth is really bad now that I'm looking at it. He only drafted three running backs. <laughs>
0: So drafting 11th this year was Adam Berg and he let us know early about how good his draft was, but drafts at 11th and he's actually projected to finish third in the league this year. And um, yeah, Berg usually drafts well. We've known this. We've talked about this before. I'm going to have to say his, one of his better picks was Terry McLaurin uh, considering where he got taken I think he's going to do really well. He's got a better quarterback, I think, and I think he's just going to kind of take off this year.
1: Yeah, Kamara is insane value at 11. It's just kind of the suspension that's kind of looming over his name that made him drop in most leagues. Um, DeAndre Swift is kind of a guy that I like a lot. I just don't know durability-wise if he can hold up for a whole season, which, I mean, I took McCaffrey. I'm not really one to talk, but I just don't. That that would be my only question mark with him. Otherwise, I think he has a great year. I'm going to say this, and it might come back to bite me, but I hate David Montgomery this year. I hate him. <laughs> I think that I think Khalil Herbert is going to get a lot more work than people expect. I think the Bears are going to be bad. I don't see them running the ball that much. I think they're going to want the ball in Fields' hands when they're behind, try to get them some reps. I just do not like David Montgomery this year.
0: I mean, I don't like him either. It's kind of one of those guys, like, he was, it was either him or Zeke Elliott, and I chose Zeke Elliott when I took him. And I was like, I just can't take David Montgomery. I mean, I don't think he's in an offense, like you said, to produce. But just, like, if you don't like a guy, don't take him. But I guess Adam likes him because Josh Jacobs, a lot of people feel the same way about him. They don't think he's going to have a very good year as well.
1: Him getting Terry and Godwin in the fourth and the fifth backed up his – he also went three straight running backs. Um, and then Josh Jacobs in the seventh cannot believe he was there people are really turned off by him even though they cut their back up right before the season is getting underway here and um I think his biggest concern would be quarterback honestly yeah. but Derek Carr could have a great year and Stafford could have a great year so it's kind of just all this is you know our thoughts after the draft but everything remains to be seen we could be totally wrong we probably will be so um yeah, I'm just excited to see the league begin tomorrow night and see how all these picks turn out for everybody.
0: Yeah, and then drafting last this year, guys, as who says he's coming different was Matthew Vertz. And Matthew Vertz's team went two receivers back-to-back, and I don't think he had a terrible draft. He's actually projected to finish eighth this year. Um, Again, it's just a projection. But, I mean, his receivers are pretty good.
1: Oh, yeah. I like Devontae a lot. I don't see why Derek Carr is not going to get in the football. Is it going to be the insane target Sherry saw on Green Bay? Probably not. But um, I personally want to win Stephon Diggs over Debo Samuel. Um, I don't know really my reason behind that. Other than I think Stephon Diggs is just a better receiver. And on top of that, is going to probably be in the best offense in the NFL. So yeah, I mean, I would have won digs, but Samuel's could be a monster again. Um, the guy I don't like, the of... guy yeah, I don't ahead. like,
0: a guy I don't like in his team was Cam Akers, and that was another guy where I decided was it Cam Akers or Zeke. And I understand Zeke hasn't been that great the past two years, but I mean, if you're picking between the two, there's been so much movement at the Rams running back position the past few years. I mean, Joel was just telling me the other day, it's like a revolving door. You don't know if it's Henderson. You don't know if it's Cam Akers. You don't know if it's this other guy. So like, that's why I stayed away from him and I don't necessarily like where he took him, anyways.
1: I like Akers a lot this year. And let me tell you why. If you watch the playoffs last year, he averaged over like 22 touches a game in the playoffs. And that was coming off six months from tearing in Achilles, which is ridiculous. So, if they were willing to give him the ball that much then, they're probably going to give him the ball that much now. And I think that he looked great, and he's only going to look better with more time off and more reps. I just think that he could be really good. Honestly, could be a top 10 running back. And um, I just don't really like what Verts did with his other running backs. I had Antonio Gibson last year, and... He got him in round eight, but I just don't – I'm out on him now after what I went through last year. And Ramonde, Ramondre Stevenson in round five was pretty wild.
3: Yeah,
0: I would – yeah, I agree. But, you know, that, that's our draft. And, you know, before we kind of end things here, I just want to talk with Booby. Like, we're looking at the draft. Everyone looks at it. They look at the board after. What, what are kind of some of your favorite picks? I know we touched on a little bit. Your favorite picks throughout this draft.
1: I think if I were to go round by round, I think my favorite pick of the first round based off of value would be Kamara. I was going into the draft, going to pick him as high as six or seven. I don't care about his suspension concerns. This is fantasy football. And um, he's a uh, top five back, in my opinion. Um, round two, skimming over it. I thought that CeeDee Lamb by Joel was a great pick. Um, Probably right around where he was projected. Probably take Lang, taking Diggs right behind that is a great pick. Round three, I would say probably Mark Andrews for Zach is a great pick. I just think that he's going to be a monster. He's going to get more targets than he did last year without Brown. Um, Personally, my favorite pick. Of my draft was Bateman. I really like Bateman. Everybody probably saw me get super jacked when I picked him. Um, I just think he could have a huge year with Lamar. And who was the other guy that I really liked in this draft that I wasn't able to
0: get? Well, I'll tell you one guy that I like. And me and Lang fought over him for a while. Whoever's going to pick him. But I picked Deshaun Watson in the 15th round. And (laughs) And I'm just saying that could be a fantasy football playoff winner right there folks so you better watch out he's gonna start over josh allen or i'm gonna trade josh allen and get some some pieces back i think you're crazy (laughs) i think the last one i want to point
1: out is i really love damian pierce by liam that was such a good pick
0: all right well that's our draft conclusion Uh, a little bit deeper dive into who picked who we're gonna end this just with a video recording of your two hosts kind of talking post-draft. One thing to take into consideration is that we were both intoxicated. We're not going to review it after. We're going to take that clip and roll to the end. Next podcast, you can expect to hear from some of the guys at the draft and their recordings and then everything else in terms of matchups for this upcoming week. Yeah. You are a
1: hundred percent going to hear everybody's interviews. Um, We just wanted to really cover the draft here today. Um, We'll probably talk some other, uh, Sports news, um, when we have more time to get into it. I mean, this is a, was a lot to unpack. Um, and yeah, I mean, one thing I really am looking forward to talking about next episode is Donovan Mitchell getting traded to the Cavs. And um, we can dive into that really deep if we want to with uh, more time given to us. Um, we also didn't have Zach today. So let's listen to what me and Mitch had to say after the draft.
0: We've got the two gentlemen here that have been interviewing everyone all night. But I want to get some insight on Booby, and you'll hear, hear my side as well. Booby, you, you're projected first overall, and now draft's over. What was your tactic going into the draft?
1: Um, I just, you know, I wanted to change things up this year and take guys that were established rather than uh, guys that were kind of like upside picks, guys that the analysts and some of the places I've listened to thought that they were going to have monster seasons like antonio gibson um miles sanders booby still love them wouldn't wouldn't have mind taking them i just wasn't <laughs> going to reach on them um but yeah i just it changed up my strategy i got my two running backs early in the top three rounds and i just went heavy ass wide receiver like i think i got some really reliable guys that you know that what they're going to give you and that's where i'm that's where i'm really happy where my draft went and I, I also let things fall into my lap rather than reach for things. So guys that were high up on my board that were still there by the time it got to me, I just I didn't hesitate. I was almost up at the board immediately after every single pick went by. So, yeah, no, I'm thrilled. I'm ecstatic. And I, I do feel like I do have a very, a very potential chance of winning the league. I have a league-winning roster as
0: of the fantasy draft being concluded i will say you you didn't reach on anybody and i genuinely mean that i don't think you reached on anybody you let things fall to you now now your draft strategy you're looking at everybody else like to you who had the worst draft this year
1: man well i know you've been interviewing people and i've been interviewing people and i know for a fact that i haven't asked that question and i love that we're going to hear that side from them um the obvious answer is Liam, just from the mistake in the seventh or whatever that was. I mean, nobody even <laughs> know who that was. Um, so, but if I had to take a second person, because I mean, it, it, him being de facto, um, I'd probably go. Um, I, you can say me. I'd probably go Nick. I got a chance to type in all the rosters, and Nick, this is not me, obviously, like. You're gonna be upset when you hear this, but there's just some names on there. You have a lot of guys on teams that I don't think are gonna be good this year. I think I remember Rashad Penny was one, um, and it, it, like there was like just like three or four round stretch where I was like, I just didn't like any of the players you picked. Um, I could be totally wrong. Fantasy is unpredictable. But if I had to give a second answer other than Liam, because everybody knows it's him,
0: I'd have to. I'd have to go Nick. Do you have any questions for myself, the other interviewer? Are you confident in your team this year? I understand that I reached possibly. I
1: shouldn't, I shouldn't say are you confident because everybody should be confident, but do you believe that your roster right now is a league
0: winner? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the honesty route and go, right now, no. But with, with the potential of them possibly doing better than where I drafted them, I, I think I could have a chance. But right now, if I was like de facto, am I going to win – out of 14 weeks, whatever it is, to the playoffs, and win the playoffs? I'm going to say no, but I know I'll make the playoffs with my team, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think you went a little early on, Josh Allen. You know, we talked about that last week. But, I mean, you got your guy. It's kind of all that matters. I just think that you probably could have waited. But
0: I know you're afraid of Zabo. So it's funny that you guys, it's funny that you guys picked back-to-back. We're not going to say afraid. We're going to say that I made a play and he didn't. Early early on, I may have made the wrong play. We're going to find out during the year. Do you have anything else for me?
1: Uh, no, other than that, I mean, I think this is going to conclude our interviews and we're going to be back to the podcast. So I just want to hope everybody has a great year. I pray for no injuries with everybody. I mean, it's never fun for anybody. I don't root for anybody to get hurt, but I just hope we have a great season. Booby, this is fun. Yeah, I, I fucking love it.